And welcome to the Halo Games Cast. This is episode 86. My name is Jeffrey Morris. With me today, joining me once again, the Nathan Wagner. Woo! Hello. So I re-listened to last week's episode, and we were talking about all these different things. We're like, oh yeah, maybe it'll be Nintendo Direct soon. Surprise! <laughs> Nintendo Direct happened last week on Thursday, <laughs> and ended in the most hypest of possible hype trains that can possibly be boarded. Right, Nathan? Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> it was a very, very, very hype direct. Um, I, I think it was a little kind of lackluster. Like, it was, like, pretty much normal Nintendo Direct until the very end, and then the internet lost their mind. Yes, no. The, of course, we're talking about the Super Smash Brothers uh, for Switch trailer that uh, uh, surprised everyone at the end of the Nintendo Direct. And um, I actually did a little bit of research with how much, like, of a reaction this got. Like, Smash Bros. Uh, was the top trending uh name on twitter with within 30 minutes after the direct so like instantly you know jump to the top of the trending charts and then nintendo of america's tweet that they put out i think got over uh like 250 likes and over like 150 retweets and uh that's just like nintendo of america's main account the japanese account got almost those same numbers the european account got one nintendo versus you know, got up in the hundred thousands for retweets as well. And that's not even including like all the people who retweeted all the reaction videos. <laughs> you know, people just going, Oh my gosh, Smash is back. And, you know, it's just insane how uh, fervent and how excited and passionate the Super Smash Bros. community is. So that was really cool to see such a um, awesome reaction to the announcement of Smash Bros. that, you know, everyone loves. So, um, yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was a great moment. I mean, I was kind of watching it. Um, I actually waited and took my lunch late so I could watch the direct live. Oh, nice. And uh, so I was at work watching it, and, like, it kind of gone through everything. They showed Splatoon, and then they started showing, you know, the teaser with the Splatoon kids, and I was like, wait, they just showed Splatoon. Splatoon. Like, <laughs> surely they're not going to do two things in a row. And then, like, as soon as, like, the darkness it started getting darker, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be Smash. The Smash Ball is going to, like, <laughs> reflect, and you see it in her eye. And uh, it, was, yeah, no, it was very it was, great. It was awesome. But, yeah, just, like, even looking back to all, like, the big game reveals that have been done in the, over the last year or two, like, I couldn't think of anything that kind of generated more online uh, sensation this. Like, even, like, yeah. the Red Dead, like, uh, 2, like, announcement that they all did, like, that didn't really get nearly even as close to much buzz as the Smash Bros. one, so... Really cool to see. Good for Nintendo. And, uh, of course, they uh, said it's launching in 2018, which is this year. So, you know, we could be playing Smash six months from now on the Switch, which is very exciting. So, uh, obviously, very excited about Smash. But uh, we will try to uh, kind of hold off on talking about that towards uh, till the <laughs> end of the show. You know, we, want, we have some other stuff we could talk about uh, as well. But uh, Smash, we could just fill the entire episode. So, uh, yeah. look forward to that. We'll be... Uh, filling in the second half of the episode with Nintendo Direct and uh, uh, Smash Bros. information and speculation. But uh, first, um, our, we did have some other uh, game reveals this week that did not come from uh, Nintendo. Uh, Ubisoft announced that um, The Division is getting a sequel, and it will be titled just The Division 2 as of now. Um, could be changed at E3, but uh, look for that full reveal at E3 this year. And so... Uh, Division, the original one launched uh, by Ubisoft, big open world shared shooter, supposed to kind of compete with Destiny, and uh, I think kind of went through the same phase Destiny One kind of went through, where it launched wasn't that great at first, you know, a lot of kind of broken promises, didn't feel like it was what uh, everyone hoped, but uh, a lot of the veteran players stuck with it, got a lot of patches, a lot of updates. Two uh, two and a half years later, now it's a really really fleshed out game. There's still a lot of people that play that. And so um, I think the fact that they're making a Division 2 and probably going to come out with that this fall shows um, how much Ubisoft believes in that franchise. So is this a surprise to you, Nathan? Um, no, not at all, especially with kind of the how they the way they've stuck with it and done DLC. And also just with other Ubisoft, the last like two or three years, like almost every Ubisoft game has launched and like a lot of them have been online games of service type games and mm -hmm. have had backlash at first. And then Ubisoft soft has stuck with it. And most of those games like 
uh, Rainbow Six Siege and uh, yeah, totally. even stuff like For Honor and stuff like that have gotten better over time. Gamers have been like, go down Ubisoft for doing this. So I think this makes a lot of sense. Um, the funny thing about this to me was take all of that like excitement and awesomeness of the an announcement of Smash Brothers and then at the end of the Nintendo Direct. And this was basically the exact opposite of that. Like, <laughs> I think Ubisoft had, like, a shareholders meeting or something yeah. like that. So they kind of had to announce it. And so they just basically tweeted out a picture that said, The Division 2, more info coming at E3. And yeah. that's all. And we're like... Not, not very much hype at all. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, great. Sounds good. I hope it'll be fun. I don't know where it's going to be or what's going to happen or... You know, yeah. if it, why I should even care. Like, but. at least with, like, the Smash reveal, like, it was almost kind of like a tone piece, I feel. Like, when the, you saw, like, it just get completely dark. There's this giant fiery logo. These, oh, my like, gosh. Evil-looking silhouettes Mario of Mario looks so and everything. Evil. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, you can tell, like, this is, like, I, I think this, they're distancing this a little bit from, you know, like, oh, they're toys that have come to life, and it's really happy and playful. Like, this looks... Like a definitely kind of a different is this approach. It's going to be an M-rated Smash game. Sorry. <laughs> if there ever was, it'd be this one. But, oh my but yeah, gosh. no, like no, but anyways, putting out an image Division. that says Division 2 and really nothing else, you know, doesn't give fans really a single spec to speculate on. Like there's been hundreds of videos on like, oh, Smash Bros. Like what, what's to expect? Yeah. Like what? Oh, let's tear apart well, the trailer. Well, I'm like, but... I, I'm reminded of like the Red Dead 2 announcement. Like I think when they initially announced that game, like the first thing they did was they just tweeted out a picture of like a red picture with like seven cowboys or something yeah, like yeah. that, like they announced. Um, and people got excited about that, but that's because that game, you know, the first one was really beloved. It came out in 2010, so it'd been like seven years since yeah. we had, had something with like, like silhouettes. You have something to kind of guess, yeah, at and yeah, get sure. excited about, but. <laughs> Just a yeah, you can theorize is... like, oh, is there going to be seven different playable characters? Are you gonna, is this going to be all focused online with your friends? But with this, we're like, it's a nice logo. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyways, anyway, Division 2 is coming out. I'm sure that will come out probably in the fall slot. Um, uh, probably somewhere September, November, somewhere around there. But um, Call of Duty Black Ops uh, 4 is also coming. That's the Call of Duty for this year. And... Uh, you know, Call of Duty, they have basically all these different subgenres within it. You know, they have the Modern Warfare games, they have Black Ops, they have, I don't even know what the other ones are called. <laughs> so they, they have so many different types of Call of Duty games. So Black Ops is getting its sequel. I think the third one came out, what, like three or four years ago? Um, uh, no, I think the third one came out two years ago. Oh, was it two years ago? Okay. Yeah, I believe so. I'm not 100% on Oh, you're that, right. I think you're it right. was just two years ago. Yeah, I, th I think it was two um, years ago. So it yeah. was... They did the space one last two years ago, and then they did World War II last year. I think Black Ops. Oh, that's right. That. Yeah, so three years ago. Yeah. Three years um, ago. Yeah, so Black Ops Four is coming, and the big surprise here is that um, they announced it at the launch date as October twelfth. Um, so Call of Duty, you know, every year is the top selling game. Um, it's you know, easily. always the first week of November, right? Yeah, and it's always you know that same slot in November. So the fact that they're moving it back or I guess ahead, uh, almost a full month for October 12th, um, I thought was kind of interesting. And, you know, the only thing I could think of is maybe they're trying to get out of Red Dead's way because Red Dead's supposed to come out about, a, you know, that that last weekend of I think of it's October. the last week of, week of October, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it seems like Call of Duty is like, we need to get out ahead of Red Dead, which if there's any one franchise I would choose, like, you don't need to be worried about Red Dead. It's Call of Duty because, yeah. <laughs> like you said, it's the number one game selling game every year. And it's even there's a whole like a demographic of even. people who really only buy like Call of Duty and Madden and stuff like that, and don't even play, you know, a lot of those other games. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm sure that must be part of it. Maybe they just wanted to get out sooner because they can sell more copies. I guess the earlier they get out, yeah, like more copies in 2018. Holidays, yeah. Yeah, but, but yeah. So October twelfth, Call of Duty Four full reveal is going to be on May seventeenth. So they're going to get this. Yeah, out they did a, before. They did like a teaser trailer. Yeah, and then they'll have a full, I'm sure, reveal and maybe a little live stream and stuff like that on the seventeenth. Yeah. So uh, my favorite part of this was the fact that uh, actually two days before this was officially announced, uh, and James Harden, who's an NBA superstar, <laughs> wore a like hat with the like. It looked like the Black Ops logo, but it had, like, four things. Um, and he was also wearing camo everywhere. And everyone was like, 
oh my gosh, did James Harden just like announce Call of Duty Black Ops 4? And everyone was freaking out because, you know, instead of being the Roman numeral IV, it was just the four like yeah, eyes. Yeah, four little like dashes. <laughs> yeah, and it was it just made me laugh. Like that's what he wore going to a game. And I'm curious how much, uh, Activision paid him to do that. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. I, d- I didn't hear about that. Oh uh, yeah. It was NBA it was... superstar secretly or subtly announced your game for you. <laughs> like... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just kind of one of the weirder moments on the internet. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So. Um, yeah. So division two, uh, and call of duty black ops four both got announced. I think it was the same morning as the direct before the direct. Yeah. So that Thursday was crazy because those two games got announced. We had the direct. And then also our, our last news piece before we get into Nintendo was, a uh, the white house met with, uh, video game experts or higher ups, I guess on that same Thursday. Um, they had been talking about how they were going to meet with game developers, um, high ranking officials in the video game industry to talk about kind of the, role of violence in video games and how it might be affecting people who participate or mm. like in these mass shootings that have been happening in America and all this stuff. Yeah, I think that um, kind of the shootings kind of spurred this along somehow. Yeah. Yeah, I think it spurred it along. Um I think it was kind of a very last minute thing like the White House said, "We're meeting with game industry veterans and developers and everyone was like, uh no one talked to us and then I think they ended up meeting with some of the like CEOs of the parent company of Bethesda, um, the boss of the ESRB, and a couple other people. Yeah. Um, but the big thing to come out of this was it sounds it sounded like at the meeting, you know, they just kind of tried to present the two different sides of it. Um, but the big thing to come out of this was they showed a YouTube video of, I guess, trying to present violence in video games. And Jeff, you kind of were telling me a little bit about this earlier. Can yeah. you explain what so, what was in this video? So the White House at this meeting to kind of like open up their meeting, they showed this video that showed you know, different examples of like gratuitous video game violence. And the crazy thing about this is they uploaded the video to the White House's official like YouTube page. So this is like the official government ran White House that has, you know, all the the speeches that the president gives, you know, the Congress meetings, all that different stuff on there. And they uploaded a video called just simply video game violence with no description, no context. And it just starts like there's no opening title, not, hey, this was this was the reason why we put this video together, or hey, this was for this meeting. They just put a video and it just starts straight up with like someone getting shot in the forehead and like blood coming all over it. And then they basically show about 15 different clips of different random modern video games of just, you know, gross, violent moments from these games, completely out of context. So, like, there's parts I recognize from, like, a lot of Bethesda games that look like Fallout. There was some Wolfenstein 2 in there. There was some there was a, Call of Duty I, moments. The Call of Duty one was, like, you could shoot, choose to shoot. I guess it was in one of the Call of Duty games. You could choose to shoot a bunch of civilians if you wanted to. Yeah, like it was, it like was a, an optional thing. It was a controversial. And so they showed this whole from like, like six years ago or something. Yeah, from a while ago. And so they showed this guy like sh- basically shooting all these unarmed people, which you know without context, that's like I don't know. That one was a particularly egregious to me. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it's not like someone. That Call of Duty made an entire game based on running around shooting civilians. Like, that's, yeah, and well, and the, the other thing too was they to- they didn't like capture any of this from like actual games. They just, yeah. I think, went on YouTube and like <laughs> you tried see... to find different game um, journalist clips and stuff like that. Yeah, and... like, you could tell how hastily this was put together because you could literally see watermarks of like other YouTubers. Like, they literally went on YouTube, stole like YouTubers' gaming videos, playing a violent video game, and spliced it into their little White House video. And the most hilarious part of this whole thing is, is they uploaded this video to YouTube and didn't mark it as like mature. Like you have to be like 17 or older to watch this video. So like literally a six year old kid could just log on to YouTube, go to the White House page and just watch this terrible clip of all these, you know, people dying in video games in violent and gory ways. Like if it feels so counterproductive to what the White House wanted to actually accomplish with this. So, yeah. Just yeah. it's it's just kind of ridiculous that you know they're highlighting this this side of video games that's you know proven to not really have any correlation to you know actual violence in in uh, our society. I mean, you know, we just talked yeah. about Call of Duty being the highest selling game every year. That game comes out in every single country and is the highest selling game like in every 
country and continents, country. and that doesn't, you know, <laughs> these other yeah, countries don't have the problems that don't the US have does these problems that the US does. Exactly. Yeah, so exactly. it's it's kind of kind of weird. I mean, hopefully some of the conversations they had were actually beneficial. Yeah. But I actually I, I mean, saw this Nathan, but there was a kind of a response video that a website put together to the uh, video game violence video that White House mm-hmm. put out. So it was a similar cut video with just short clips of a bunch of different games that have come out in the last year. And it was basically just showing the beautiful and the artistic and the creative side of video games. So there was lots of clips of like Horizon, like Firewatch, Abzu, Journey, Breath of the Wild was in there a couple of times. Um, just kind of showing like, hey, like game on, like video games can be a really good thing. And like, it's a great way to show expression for people to discover, you know, an artistic side and be creative and like Minecraft and all these different types of things. So yeah, I, I'm glad that there is also kind of, you know, a little bit of a backlash to like, hey, you know, video games are aren't just a yeah. terrible, violent thing that need to be disbanded. Like, so I thought that yeah, was kind I of a I... classy way of kind of responding to this. Yeah, that, that I mean that that sounds very nice. I think the other thing that came out of this meeting was basically it sounded like it didn't really accomplish anything. Like mm-hmm. they said, everything was basically like, yeah, we kind of talk to each other and i don't think anything else is going to happen so it seems kind of pointless that um in my perspective and view um but it is good to see kind of video games responding with hey you know what this is why we love video games and um Mm -hmm. i think it's important too like there can be very violent video games and they can have like an emotional impact and tell real stories and stuff like that Um, but like you said without the context it's just looks really pretty bad i mean i haven't played a ton of Skyrim or Fallout. Like, I can't speak for those games, but I know with at least with, like, Wolfenstein 2, like, that game is very violent and mature, but, like, at the same time, everything that you see in that game, like, has a very, like, particular emotion that it wants you to feel, and it has a very conflicting, interesting, like, emotionally woven story that, like, makes all those different things make sense in the context. So even a lot of things I saw were like, oh, my goodness, when I first played the game... Like, it was kind of eye-opening in a good way that made you kind of think about the situation, the topics it was handling in a smart way. So I'm not saying, you know, everyone should go out and play that game because of that. Yeah, I'm we're not like, saying that's appropriate for everyone, obviously. Yeah, exactly. But. but, like, if you're a mature adult who, you know, is interested in the story or the topics and themes that the game's presenting, like, you know, it, it does kind of make sense in that context. Sure. So, yeah, exactly. There are, exactly. There, are, there are smart ways that it is done, but that... Did not get portrayed very well in the meeting. No, so. not very well. <laughs> Anyways, anyways, um, let us know what you think um, about this uh, White House meeting. If you thought it was good, bad, what your thoughts on uh, just violence and video games in general are, um, we'd love to uh, chat with you as always on our Twitter at Taylorson underscore Games. So, for pretty much the rest of the show here, we are going to be uh, just breaking down the Nintendo Direct. There's a lot of different things that came out of this. Uh, we had a lot of ports, Nathan, a lot of ports announced. Um, yeah, there was a, it was like, well, you thought the Nintendo <laughs> Switch machine was a port monster? It really is going to be a port monster. Um, and the, don't forget about the 3DS. The 3DS will yeah. be a port machine as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, it started out with uh, the 3DS. Yeah, and they did get the 3DS did, out of the way. Yeah, they got it out of the way relatively quickly. Um, the I think the first thing announced was the WarioWare Gold 3DS game. Mm. Which actually looks like really great and fun, but the problem is it's on the 3DS, so I yeah. I don't really want to go back to it. Well, um, I, I know I you really excited Warrior when I yeah. yeah when I first saw it. I love the Warrior games. I've played every single Warrior game like to death. They even got Game and Wario on the on the Wii U, which was a travesty of a spinoff uh, Wario game. Uh, but yeah, I love all the Warrior games, and this is a game that they said has I think three hundred over three hundred micro games in it. A lot of them are like kind of the collections of past WarioWare minigames, which I think is yeah. really cool. So like a lot of old favorites are going to come back, but there'll be some new ones in there. They put minigames from the Wii and WarioWare Twisted and the DS. So like it's kind of cool that you have all these different control schemes and like weird things going on from all these past games because a lot of the WarioWare games, you know, kind of use the system's capabilities to do weird things with the Wiimote or the touchscreen or, you know, the gamepad, stuff like that. So I think that it is a really cool idea to kind of mash together a bunch of mini micro games, put in some new ones. But like you said, you know, this is on the 3DS, and this is a game I would have 
you know, absolutely like loved to have on the 3DS within like the first four or five years of that system's lifespan. Like it would have been a no brainer for me to pick this up. But I mean, I don't know if I can justify spending $40 on a 3DS WarioWare game that already has a bunch of mini games, micro games that I've already played at this point. So yeah. I don't know. I, I, I probably I think skip this one, but yeah. It, and I think the kind of WarioWare the... still exists at least. So yeah. I think the the sad part about some of the 3D, I think they announced three kind of big new 3DS games coming. And at this point, it's kind of like Nintendo knows there's 70 million three plus 3DS systems out mm-hmm. there. And it's the 3DS sold relatively well last year, like better than it did in 2016. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we can still make money bringing like cheap or po- either ports or like um, cheap, relatively easy to make games to the 3DS. So yeah. they're going to continue very minimally supporting it um the other game they announced was a a port of the original luigi's mansion that's going to be coming in 3ds and i saw this games of all time i was so conflicted because i've never i've only played the original one like a little bit i never even got close to finishing it um and i've been wanting to go back to it and it was announced for 3ds and i was like yes that's awesome i was like but i don't want to play it on the 3ds why can't you just like bring it to the switch as well and the other thing i said was like oh this means there's not going to be gamecube virtual console games announced in this direct and there might not ever mm, be yeah. GameCube virtual console games because they're bringing this to the 3ds yeah because they want to sell you this gamecube game for 40 dollars on your 3ds this fall <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah, yeah and so. it's pretty much a, a straight straight over port of the original luigi's mansion there's obviously a couple of like little touchscreen things and i think it'll probably control similar to how luigi's mansion 2 you know, the yeah, dark and there's game, like a boss uh, rush play. mode, I think, there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's really cool. I, I really think that's a great addition because yeah. bosses are the great, you know, the best part of that game. There's, I think, like 40 bosses or something in that game. Oh, so wow. The fact that you can go through all those in quick succession, um, I think, is really cool. So um, that's definitely a cool addition. But, you know, even though it's one of my favorite games, like, I don't really want to, you know, play a, you know, in a way, worse looking version of this game on 3ds that's pretty much the same thing it's not really you know adding anything really significantly new it's not like adding like a co-op mode or you know a new new game plus where the game's harder or something like that so um i probably will skip this even though i really really love this game just because i still own the original game i can go i can play till that whenever i want but you know if they would have announced this on the switch as like a hd like really really like mario odyssey like art style type looking we just mansion game even if it's based off the original like Kind of like the Ratchet and Clank type cre- uh, treatment that you know PlayStation did, where they remade the original Ratchet and Clank and made it really beautiful. Like, I would have like been all over it for that. Yeah, so. for sure. Me too. But that would that's be, all it takes. That, would, that takes a lot more effort. Wish. So, you know, yes, like you said, they're trying to a get lot more effort, a lot more money. Yeah. Mm. But anyways, so what? Um, they it finished... is cool though. It is cool. I mean, there yeah. was a lot of people who didn't play the original Luigi's Mansion, especially for sure the 3DS. And I mean that 3DS one years came ago out now. So. Yeah. Yeah, so it kind of makes sense because people who played the 3DS one maybe didn't play that one, and yeah. it's coming out on the same I, system. So. I can't think. I actually might end up getting this game just so I can give it to my uh, my nephew because uh, I got on Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon for the 3DS back when it like a couple of years ago for Christmas, and we played the multiplayer mode all the time. We actually played the multiplayer mode like last month when I saw him. Like we really love playing that game together, and we started playing through the original one on the GameCube whenever he'd come over to my house, like, and he'd like, yeah. spend the night with us. And so he really liked the original. It was kind of a fun little tradition that we made of playing through the original Luigi's Mansion. So now I can literally buy him the original game that he can experience on his own, in his own house, on a system that he owns. So it is kind of cool for that aspect, but I think for the hardcore <laughs> Nintendo fans, it's a little disappointing. So Yeah, and I, I feel like of the for me, I would be more inclined to buy it if it was going to be like a Twenty dollar game or something like that. Yeah, but the fact that it's gonna be forty bucks is like, ooh. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, after that, Nintendo finished with the 3DS. We moved on to the. Um. I gotta give props to Nintendo just on their format they've taken with the direct. Like, I really liked how they kind of showed it and they showed each game and then moved on. Um. And yeah. then they got through everything relatively quickly. So. Yeah, they they did a pretty good job moving moving along through there. Yeah. They took. Basically, the only two games they took their time with, I feel like, was uh, uh, Mario Tennis Aces and then the Octopath 
Octopath yeah, Traveler. Yeah, the Splatoon DLC. Oh yeah, Octopath Traveler. Well, like I guess the they RPG had a game too for the yeah. Square Enix one. Yeah. So they they announced that game is coming out in uh, I think July. So that'll be the big you know July game. Yeah, early July game. Early July. Um, yeah. Which is a little. I mean, I know they've been talking about it for a while, but it's still a little sooner than I thought it would be. So that's yeah. awesome for I know. There's a couple of people I know who are really looking forward to that. So yeah, big summer RPG that's exclusive to the Switch. So Gosh, good for the all art fans. style in that game looks amazing. Like I don't yeah. really like RPGs and I don't like turn-based games. I'm like, no, if I buy it, that game, I like won't modern... enjoy it. But the art style is just so beautiful. Yeah, it's like a modern like Super Nintendo game almost. Like these yeah. kind of 16-bit type sprites, but it's got these really cool dynamic lighting and colors and kind of almost 3D like looking worlds. So it's yeah. pretty cool. Pretty cool for sure. It's pretty um, cool. Yeah, so um, but there out. was a bunch of sorry, yeah July. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, um, I just kind of want to talk a little bit about Mario Aces because uh, that's probably outside of Smash. That's probably the Switch game as of now I'm most excited for. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I've talked about on the show about Mario Tennis already, but kind of the history and how much I enjoy that franchise. But uh, coming out June 22nd, which is you know right after E3, kind of in that arms slot of last. Uh, last year and so i will probably be buying that game because it's uh as a birthday present for my daughter uh she's turning uh, <laughs> that's that's her birthday weekend and so uh i need to need to buy her a game for myself so that'll be fun obviously she's gonna be old <laughs> enough to play and enjoy that game well they have motion control birthday. i can just like duct tape the controller to her hand and she'll <laughs> swing it around you know it'll work um, you find out she's allergic to duct tape and it's like <laughs> explain floating yourself. up yeah no no uh the cool thing is it's not like the wii the wii one where like they tacked on uh motion controls to, like an old game like this is a whole new game you can kind of do motion controls but it's built around these new mechanics that mario tennis i think really needs so like there's a speed mechanic where you can basically activate a super where you move extremely fast and you can like return balls um, there's a aim mechanic where you basically can do like a literally have a crosshair appear in slow motion and you pinpoint, pinpoint exactly where you would like to hit the ball on the court. And then there's also, um, a racket breaking mechanic where if you don't perfectly time, uh, the power shots back way, it'll actually do damage to your racket. And if you take three, three damage shots to your racket, your racket will break and you'll just lose the point because you can't hit the ball. And so um, you have to kind of like parry and have the right timing for those. So it's adding all these new mechanics um, to the tennis gameplay, which I think the series really, really needed. And so that's kind of what I'm most excited for is to see how how this kind of raises the skill gap for the game and how this translates into the online mode. There's going to be online tournaments. They've been doing like a free demo um, tournament before the game comes out. And we haven't even seen all of, all of the information for this game. They said they have more information to share later. Like we haven't seen anything about the single player that they, you know, kind of announced would be coming. So um, I don't know. I, I just think this game is shaping up to be a really solid title. It's not, it doesn't feel like it's just going to be like a cash in like quick Mario spinoff with the Olympic games or something. Yeah. Like and they're really like, uh, I mean, I think it's cool that they're adding in all those mechanics, but they're also doing a tennis mode where you can just kind of play straight tennis if you want, if you don't want yeah. to deal with that, yeah, all that other stuff. Like hardcore mode, I guess, if you want, yeah. if you want to call it that with none of the power-ups or anything. Um, but it is neat. cool and- because the power-ups in Mario Power Tennis for the GameCube kind of worked like after just a random amount of set shots in the rally, about maybe five, six shots into the rally, your racket would just glow and you could do an offensive shot or a defensive shot. And that was the extent of it. And so the fact that this, these new power-ups that you're using are coming from a charge meter that is being built up, depending on how risky you're being with your shots. And if you're charging and how accurate you're being, and you can kind of spend that meter, um, a bunch of different ways, I think adds a lot of different flexibility and just kind of different play styles, which, yeah, um, is really really cool. So yeah, and I think I mean, they announced that they're basically going to be doing what they're doing with all their other online games, which is continually adding to the game after it released. Like I think they announced they'll add um, more characters um, through kind of online tournaments and stuff like that. Yeah, after the game oh, comes yeah. out, and you can like unlike gear and stuff for your characters. Yeah, like yeah, outfits and customization, which <laughs> Mario Tennis like no Mario Sport game has ever had customization like that. So. Um, well, I guess some of the Mario Golf, newer Mario Golf games did, but I think that was just dressing up your me. But like, if I can like literally unlock all these different crazy outfits for like Waluigi, like sign me up. <laughs> that sounds awesome. 
Yeah. So, yeah. yeah it, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and that's coming out June 22nd? Yeah, June 22nd. So it'll be uh, about a week or two after uh, E3. So kind of to kick off Nintendo's summer. Um, yeah, so that's yeah. Mario Tennis Aces. So let us know if you guys are excited for the return of Mario Tennis. Um, so I thought the main last thing we talked about before we jump into Smash is um, Splatoon 2. Um, kind of out of nowhere, it got this really kind of different tone, kind of dark underworld uh, feeling trailer with basically what looked like an Octoling character. And sure enough, like you're playing a Splatoon 2 DLC um, trailer. And so this is a whole new single player uh, expansion for Splatoon 2 that is coming out this summer where you play as an Octoling. And it looks like you run in with a lot of the pretty much every past Splatoon character. Like there's all these new characters. There's all the original characters back from Splatoon 1 story mode. So it looks like this really cool, like, kind of lore world-building <laughs> expansion of Splatoon that I don't think anyone really expected. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been great getting all the multiplayer updates, and they, they even announced more stuff going to multiplayer as well in this yeah. trek. But and all those the, are free. Yeah, and all those are free. And so Nintendo was like, well, how can we sell something else to people? And they're doing this single player expansion which i'm really curious to to see like how many people actually buy this and get into this and stuff mm-hmm. like that because i know you know i certain i haven't finished the single player in splatoon 2 yeah, um i don't know if you have jeff but uh like not a lot of people play splatoon for the single player so i'm curious to see um if this single player focused expansion does well if people get excited about it. like you said it looks like it's expanding the lore and it looks the story itself looks relatively interesting Mm-hmm. but um we'll see how well it does yeah um i mean once you buy it you do get access to play as a boy or girl octoline in battles and so they'll presumably come with some special outfits that you can only get via the expansion and yeah. then you can literally play as an octoline in people have been wanting that wars. forever yeah so they've been wanting that since like the splatoon one like when you kind of saw the octolines already in there and so Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really cool. Nintendo's kind of giving a lot of fan service with, with that expansion. And part of the, the worlds just look really, really crazy. There's some new mechanics that they showed off in the trailer. There's like giant floating game cubes in the background of one of them. So it looks like <laughs> this is kind of just like crazy, like fan service expansion. Yeah. that's really built for the fans. And, you know, like this game or this expansion, regardless of how well it does in the States, this will sell like a million copies of this expansion oh, yeah, in Japan. Sure. Like easy, <laughs> like it's kind of a no-brainer for Nintendo to, I think, put this out just because of how well it will do um, overseas. So, I yeah, think it's, for sure. I think it's and cool. I think the some of the single-player mechanics they look like they're introducing that are brand new. Look, just like absolutely crazy, insane, like things that I think look really, really fun to to try and pull off. So yeah, so uh, really it'll be good to uh, see more of that, and uh, hopefully that. Uh, comes out this yeah, uh, that basically summer comes out well. right around the one year anniversary of Splatoon two mm-hmm. I think I think it comes out July yeah 13th, I think it's so. kind of a kickoff to kind of end support for Splatoon if, correct me if I'm wrong but I think they said they're planning on doing about a year of like updates and balancing they did a year stuff and updates, two years of balancing new maps yeah yeah exactly okay exactly yeah, so, so that'll so. probably be kind of the last big celebration and then we'll still get a couple splat fits splat fests excuse me throughout the next year but then that'll, yeah. you know, that game will start I, to I wind think up. The, yeah, all the new maps and weapons and all that kind of stuff will kind of slowly stop after that. So yeah. um, good way good way to go out. And then, you know, Nintendo, even in a year or two, can bundle that expansion in with Splatoon 2 and, you know, sell that yeah. to all the Resell new Switch it. owners. Yeah, later on. Game of the Year edition and stuff. You know, companies For sure. doing that. So anyways... Yeah. Smash Bros. <laughs> the game that we've all been waiting for. We're really excited about. Um, I think the main thing I kind of want to talk to you about, Nathan, is um, the whole thing with Smash. You know, we all assumed Smash would be coming you know, to the Switch soon. If it, I think going into this year, most people, at least me, kind of assumed, hey, Smash comes out within the next year. It's probably going to be some kind of port or deluxe edition of Smash 4 for the Wii U. Um, yeah. If it comes out, you know, maybe next year or after that, it's probably going to be a brand new Smash game. But after seeing this trailer, I assumed it was going to be a Smash Four. Um, 
support. But after seeing this trailer and just doing some more, just kind of reading up online, I'm like 95% sure that this Smash game is going to be a brand new Super Smash Bros. like five game. And I think that there's no way this is going to be just a port of the Wii U game. I mean, what do you think? Do you think that's possible? Uh, I think it's possible if they kind of build Super Smash Brothers 5 off of a lot of the kind of existing engine and mechanics of Smash 4. Like, okay. because the biggest thing that takes the longest with Smash is just kind of all the different character balancing and, and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's so many different characters and different stages and how do you make everything at least somewhat fair and equal and make sure. And so that takes... The Sakurai job. Yeah, exactly. That takes a ton of time. Sakurai is obviously a perfectionist, so he has to, you know, spend weekends just playing against himself with four different characters and <laughs> tweaking everything for for years and years until he's finally like, okay, it can go out. Um, but yeah, I when I saw the trailer, I was like, I think it has to be a port of Smash, uh, of Smash Four, um, with some obviously updated costumes like we saw breath of the wild link in the trailer and like if you see uh, breath of the wild link in all his pre-rendered glory like front and center of the game there and obviously the inklings being new characters as well like doesn't that kind of make you think like oh this is you know a new smash game this is the new link to represent link in the new smash bros game like yeah i don't feel like it would just be a reskin like that'd be such a waste if they didn't use some of the breath of the wild inspired like moves and move set for yeah. for Link, right? I would love that because I mean we haven't had an up obviously we haven't had an updated Link in Link's since... been like the same exact thing since the original. Like exactly, I feel like a exactly. lot of those original characters definitely could use an update with some moves. Like Mario could get Cappy, Breath of the Wild yeah. could get a lot of the runes and you know remote bombs and stasis and stuff mm-hmm. in Breath of the Wild. Maybe even some different weapons. You know, there's so many different weapons yeah. in Breath of the Wild. Um, I I really do hope that it's a I would love it to be wrong and have it not be a port, but have it be a brand new Smash 5. I just think the only thing that concerns me is just how long it traditionally takes to make Smash games and the fact that this is 2018 and it's coming okay, out. Okay, well, well here you know, this, four, oh. three to four years after. <laughs> it doesn't the necessarily last take Smash game. three or four years to make a Smash game because um, a shout out to Artsy Omni on Twitter because he, he posted this little timeline out. He said that. Um, the Smash 4 development cycle, because they had Bandai Namco helping with that, was two and a half years. Like, that's how long it took them to make um, that game. And mm-hmm. from the point where Bayonetta was released to right now is about two years. And so two and a half years from when Bayonetta came out and Wii U was, like, officially done, the Smash Wii U game, um, that would be august of this year would be two and a half year mark so if the game came out in november that's even a little bit more than two and a half years and chances are they totally started this game before even bayonetta came out i would guess yeah i mean um, i i i don't if i don't think there's spending was like what, using the year, whole smash development to after yeah the dlc characters out. yeah so yeah. i mean theoretically they could totally have had the development time if they started on it you know right after they finished smash 4 and i think you know that could totally have happened with Iwata saying, hey, you know, we got the Switch thing coming. Sakurai, you got to, you know, start working on this new one. Um, just I think the only thing that goes against that is typically Nintendo has waited a little bit longer, you know, between Brawl and Smash 4 was a little longer. Between Melee and Brawl was, you know, five, six years. But I think that's just because of those console generations were different. Yeah, like I, think, I think it was so different. Short, the Wii U like, was so short. <laughs> Nintendo knew, I think. Nintendo obviously knew the Wii U was a failure. Like Smash, Smash Bros. on Wii U was it. kind of the last ditch effort to <laughs> yeah, get people to buy exactly. a Wii U. And when that didn't happen, Nintendo was like, okay, we have to do the Switch. Um, I think they obviously believed in the Switch a lot, you know, delaying Zelda so it could be kind of the big flagship title on yep. Switch. And then Mario, I think they, they had a lot of confidence and they're like, you know, if we want to follow it up, follow up, follow it up and have it continue to do well, nothing is going to do that better than a new Smash game. So yep. I could see how the whole like waiting five years if it's not development time if it's just because they wanted more time in between mm-hmm. doesn't have to make sense yeah so and you know and then the last big thing uh, just real quickly because we talked about this topic for a while but um <laughs> they've also announced it as smash bros working titles so, like you go to the smash bros website 
all the Smash Four stuff is like gone. Like it's on this its own subsite now. If you go to SmashFours.com, okay. it's the new logo that looks different. It has all the old Smash Four stuff gone. It doesn't have any of those characters or anything. And it literally says Smash Bros. Working title. If you go to pre-order it on any website, and like Nintendo's yeah. never announced a port or deluxe version without being very upfront from the beginning. Like, oh, this is you know the Mario Kart Eight, but it's deluxe. Oh, it's Pokémon, but it's you know deluxe. You know, one new character. Oh, it's you know all these ports that they've kind of done for the Switch. They've been very upfront about Hyrule Warriors. Yeah. You know, another one's name. So Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. You know, <laughs> list goes on. So they've been very upfront usually. So the fact that they didn't do that and they're letting us speculate i think um is another reason why it's probably a new game yeah i mean i think if it was a i i just think it could be a port not like a port in the sense of like mario kart 8 Del- deluxe but like a port of like using some of the same mechanics etc um and if they did that they would call it smash bros for switch but obviously it would have a lot of updates because it would probably like we saw breath of the wild link in there there'd probably be a breath of the wild stage yeah. and some no, yeah, Mario they'll, they'll stages, definitely tweak like a lot that. of things. There's always, like, mechanics they take out from the last Smash game yeah. and mechanics they bring bring in. So, you know, who knows what things will make it into new one, what ones yeah. will make it out, if even all the characters will make it in or not. You know, you got to think that probably a lot of those third-party characters they got in Smash 4 might go away. They had, like, a license, probably, yeah. License yeah, exactly. Them. But, like you know, that. that leaves room for, for new characters as well. So I mean, this, this next about. thing... Yeah, this next thing you want to talk about is kind of what new characters we yeah. want to see. And I'm a little bit overwhelmed because the last <laughs> Smash had just had so many it characters, did. especially like once 50, you include all the DLC. Over 50, yeah. yeah. it was like 55 or something like that. And, like, what else could they do at this point? Like, do you even <laughs> want more characters in Smash? At, at, this, at some point, doesn't it kind of become too many? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a point where you kind of... You, you kind of want to be a little careful. You don't want to just let anyone into Smash, right? <laughs> you don't yeah. want... Yeah. Like, for example, you know, they let Sonic in, and I think a lot of people were worried that, oh, no, Sonic gets in. You know, does that mean Sonic's Knuckles. friends come in? We have yeah. Knuckles and Amy. Amy and Tails and Eggman. Like, you know, we don't want this to become Sonic versus Mario Bros. Like, you know, so yeah. there is kind of a bit of a concern, but at the same time, it's also fun to kind of speculate what new characters will add to the roster. Like, you, you got to bet that Nintendo's going to show another new character uh, reveal at E3 and, you know, and it pr- pr- probably every direct um, from now on, that's how they kind of built hype for. Yeah. I mean, the they, last they, game, if, so. if this game actually comes out in 2018, they don't have nearly as long as the normal smash yeah. um, kind of hype cycle they to have, like, release those, those to trailers. Update everyone on stuff. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So they got to get those videos rolling fast. Yep. So um, um, I thought just to start things off here, uh, we could just talk about Ridley because obviously Ridley would be pretty much the only other character you could add from the Metroid franchise, which obviously has made a comeback. So, like, I feel like this would be the perfect game to finally get Ridley in Smash because 3DS game just came out last year, did really well. Metroid Prime 4 is on the horizon. Um, obviously, he's been such a fan, requested character. Just the question is, I think, can they scale him down and actually make him work as a playable character? So, Yeah, I mean, he's like a flying character. So what is that? What does that mean? Giant does dragon, he... basically Bowser, but faster and with wings. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I feel we'll like see. he'd be really, really fun to play. He's such a cool character design, and I feel like Sakurai's wanted to put him in there. He just hasn't found a way to make it work because obviously he was in the background of the first two games. He was as a, a boss that you fought in the Subspace Emissary and Brawl. Then he was a giant stage hazard boss that you fought in Smash Four. So like. He's on on the mind of the developer. I think they just have to find a way to make him work in the game. But I think that'd be really cool to get a new large, heavy character in the game. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at kind of the Nintendo franchises, Metroid, like even, well, I guess Kirby is a big franchise now because they release so many Kirby games. (laughs) Yeah. The fact that there's only really Samus from the Metroid franchise is pretty sad. So it'd be great to get another one in there. Yeah. Um, I... I would love to see uh, Goku, which is, <laughs> you know, I saw it the other the day. The big third-party one. Yeah, the big third-party one. Um, crap, now I'm blanking. But uh, Bandai, who are, or whoever Bandai it was. Yeah, they t- somebody, the 
Dragon Ball Z, basically, developers tweeted at Nintendo was like, hey, Nintendo, can we get Goku and Smash Bros? Like, really? Kind of a, yeah, yeah, it was really funny. I did not see that. Uh, their, their official account tweeted at them. And people have been talking about it for a long time, and I always thought it was like, there's no way that's ever going to happen. But after, like, Cloud getting in and Smash 4 and all that stuff, I'm yeah. like, anything is free. Well, I love and, Goku. And how a lot well of have... Dragon Ball Fighters like, has performed and exactly. the reception for that and game. And even, like, the... Uh, the Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2 game on Switch, like, uh, that game, I don't think it's okay, but it's actually done really well on Switch. Like, I think it's sold a fair amount of copies and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think Sun too. If there's going to be any third-party character, I'd love to have him. I don't know if it actually happens, but it'd be cool. Gotcha. For me, if they had to do one third-party character that's new, um, I got to say Bomberman, just because I've loved the Bomberman franchise. He's been on every single nintendo console and nintendo handheld ever released do you realize that like he's practically a nintendo mascot almost like yeah you know started out when you think about playing bomberman too like you don't think about playing it on playstation or xbox or exactly you know he did you know make appearances on other systems but nintendo has kind of always been uh where where he's been released and especially with super bomberman r being one of the few launch games for the switch and really (laughs) selling really really well i feel like you know, it's almost kind of like a resurgence time for Bomberman, and now would be the perfect time to put that character into Smash Bros. And I just feel like he'd mesh so well with the art style and the characters, and like even just coming up with a move set with you know throwing bombs and charging bombs and you know different moves. I th- feel like he'd be a really, really um, awesome character to uh, to add into the roster there. Yeah, so. I would love to see his move set just after seeing what they did with Mega Man and Smash Four and how they really kind of accentuated his all his different moves from the different masters and bosses he fought mm-hmm. and stuff like that like that was such a such kind of an ingenious yeah, totally, way of adding you know, there's, in there's so many different types of bombs from the bomb yeah game, like giving know. giving um i guess giving tribute to kind of the lore of Mega Man, and yes. they could do something very similar with totally with totally totally that'd be awesome so bomberman would be my big uh big third party one and then i also think shovel knight would be really cool because you know Getting a, a Indian there, I think, would be cool. But, you know, as unlikely as getting Indian in a giant game like Smash Bros., I mean, we also have to remember Nintendo allowed them to make a third-party, like, Indie amiibo of Shovel Knight. So, like, they allowed that, you know, you know, could could make it in Smash. And Shovel Knight... He's another he's character every- that would, you know, translate really well to Smash. Yeah, he translates well. Um, he has lots of really easy-to-translate moves, like you said, and... Even though he's on other systems, you know, he launched on the 3DS and the Wii U, and that's where he kind of made, you know, a name for himself. And so I think that'd be really, really um, a fun character yeah. to see in there to be a guest as well. Well, and um, in the uh, the book I read by Jason Schreier recently, one of the chapters was on Shovel Knight, and the developers mm-hmm. literally said, like, when they started making the game, they were like, we just want to put this game on a Nintendo console. That was their goal the entire time. They didn't yeah, even think totally. about putting it on anything else until after they had already... Yep. achieve their goal so it seems awesome yep um the um, so shovel definitely be cool um yeah i think the other main one that really comes to mind for me is the arms characters i mean really my top two like big nintendo franchises that i love on the switch that are aren't named mario and zelda <laughs> is splatoon and arms and so like Obviously, the Inklings already in there. That was, I think, at the top of a lot of people's lists. Got to yeah. get them in there because they're so huge now. You know, Splatoon wasn't really a huge thing when Smash 4 came out. But also, ARMS being kind of this new big IP that Nintendo has. And literally, these are characters made to be in a fighting game. Like, they're made to punch and have all these different special abilities. So they just really, really fit in so easily. And, like, the great character designs from ARMS, you know seeing those in a, a new format and that those characters are staying around, I think would be amazing. You know, you could have ribbon girl, you know, have multiple jumps like Kirby and be a lighter, faster character. Um, you could have someone like, um, I don't know, maybe Ninjara who can do lots of different teleport moves and specialize in, in grab, have multiple grabs. Cause that's what every Ninjara does online in arms. But um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like you could pull two or three of those characters so easily and, uh, you know, make them uh, all a little bit different and have some really cool abilities from the actual arms game. It shouldn't be too hard to do. So, I mean, they already have all those assets, beautiful assets made for the game too. They could probably translate, just port those over in to the game probably pretty easy as well. So, 
I think it makes a lot of sense, especially since if Nintendo is trying to, like, ARMS sold well, but it didn't sell, you know, amazing, and it's kind of dropped off since launch. Um, and if they do want to make it an IP that they continue to support, maybe make an ARMS 2 or something like that, then putting them in Smash makes a lot of sense from yep. that perspective as well. So, yep, I would love that. Who, so, who do you, I mean, obviously Springman, right? Because he's kind of the main... Yeah, I front, think you'd have front to put, runner for you'd have to put Spring Man and Ribbon Girl. And I, I feel like they'd probably two. be, yeah, I with, think with how much how much be. they like representing uh, with females in the last one. Like they put a lot of yeah. female characters in with like even with stuff like Fire Emblem. You know, having Lucina yeah, yeah, yeah. and the Girl Corin and stuff like that. So I think they would definitely want to do one boy, one girl because the arms. I cast think that is I think that makes split. sense. I would just I would love if cover, it was. So. <laughs> yeah, I would love if it was somebody kind of a little bit more crazy because those are kind of relatively basic you yeah, know, me designs too. and I, stuff like that like there's some some crazy crazy so art well. designs in there i would, as well. love, I would to love to see like one helix kind of off or the wall like one. bark or something in yeah there. yeah Biden bark could be like that whole ice climber type thing where you know you kind of play as two characters you <laughs> who uh, run around but um as far as like returning people um i know some people really want to see uh, wolf come back uh super sensei replied to us on twitter and said yeah he wants star wolf back but uh if there's new characters he'd want to see waluigi knuckles crash and uh chrono so um i know that star wolf you know was left out from brawl obviously solid snake was left out but um even some characters like pichu uh the original young link before toon link and uh ice climbers you know have been left out as well um do you want any of those characters to uh, make a return I, mm, I, I can probably live without any of them. I'd love to see Snake back. Like he was just a really fun character to play as. He had a kind of interesting move set based on different things, and his uh, his stage was neat as well. Um, so and then you have I, to I work like, with Konami again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah, for um, sure. But that would I'd be pretty cool to see him. Come yeah, back, that would yeah. be pretty cool because he was a lot of fun. I feel I like I Sonic in Mega Man. Will probably come back, but I don't know about the rest of the third-party characters. <laughs> like, yeah, like I, I, I don't think. Well, even, honestly, even like Pac-Man probably like won't make Cloud it back won't if be Bandai back. Namco is not making it. So, Pac, uh, Pac-Man is so great though. I, ho- I hope he comes back. Me too. Me too. Just because I feel like that was, really was because character. Bandai Namco was making the game. Like they. Put yeah, Pac-Man I mean in. that that makes sense for sure. But we'll have to see. I, yeah. uh, if you had to get rid of anyone, who would you want to drop? Lucario, easy. Lucario. <laughs> Most boring, you know, character in the game. He was they literally just replaced Mewtwo with him in Brawl, and no one really liked using Lucario, so they put Mewtwo back in for Smash Four because there was all this demand for it. And like there was no reason to play as Lucario if you have Mewtwo in Smash Four in my opinion. So I think getting rid of him, he's not a relevant Pokemon anymore. He was just the new cool Pokemon back when Brawl came out and they just kinda of brought him over to Smash Four just cause I guess. So Definitely, yeah. I, would, I would drop him. It's easy. Okay, cool. Do you want Bayonetta back? Bayonetta is really fun. Uh, I don't love her. Like, she doesn't really fit in the Smash series, but I love playing as her, so. <laughs> yeah, the the era of Bayonetta, I think, is going to be over when Smash 5 comes out. I don't think we're going to see that again. <laughs> I don't know. Bayonetta, they're making how Bayonetta much controversy 3, there so I was think there's... Bayonetta getting in, supposedly getting the number one vote, and then, like, being this mature, over-sexualized character in a smash bros kids game and stuff we, we just know. talked about like an hour ago how this smash bros is gonna be the mature one with an m rating so. <laughs> that's true that's true that <laughs> uh, will probably be on the box cover then for, oh like, gosh yeah uh, yeah else. anyways um <laughs> i don't really have any like i don't know there's everything that's in i i'm pretty happy with yeah. um the only other thing i would say is i'd love to see kk and just get some more animal crossing love in there and he'd kind of be a cool character but if he doesn't okay, make it, KK gets I'm in, we it. better get another rep from the Donkey Kong franchise. Like, I better see Cranky Kong in there. If we have <laughs> KK Slider, who like is a dog who plays guitar, like they can think of a move set for him. Like they can think of a move set for Cranky Kong. Like bash people <laughs> with his cane, or like lecture people to death for his final smash. I don't know something, <laughs> something ridiculous. Oh gosh, but that'd be. That'd be I mean, when you think about it, like Nintendo's biggest franchises, right? We got Zelda, Mario, and Pokemon, right? Those are the big three. Yeah. The, those three franchises have the most reps for representatives for Smash, like, easily. And Fire Emblem. 
Yeah. Oh, and I guess now Fire Emblem now is the is it's the thing. Like eight Fire Emblem. But like, b- behind those three and Fire Emblem, like I feel like Donkey Kong and Kirby are really the next two big IPs that Nintendo has, and uh-huh. Kirby obviously has you know what three characters in there, uh, but Donkey Kong just has DK and Diddy. So I'd love to see another rep for DK because I I love that series, especially with yeah. I'm I'm curious to see coming. like if Star Wolf comes back and then also like well yeah like. Yeah, Star, Star Fox, Fox has is all probably these dead as a franchise. Exactly, like he, for Star Fox is not a big years. IP anymore. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see for sure. Um, yeah, so let us know. Uh, we had a couple people um, talk to us on Twitter about who they want to see appear in Smash. Uh, Matt at Glitch Deity, he replied that he just wants Lucas and Pitt to come back. Those are apparently his mains, and uh, he just hopes they come back. But he would also like to see Isaac from Golden Sun to finally join and I've, I've seen that a lot too that was kind of a big Game Boy Advance strategy game that Nintendo's kind of abandoned but I yeah. think there's yeah. still a lot of fans of that franchise and would love to see um, him him return in Smash Bros so that would be cool that would be neat um, so other than that we're just going to leave you guys with what we are playing this week um, it was actually funny I, we talked last week about Diablo 3 possibly coming to Switch and I talked about how I kind of fallen off the game because I don't really have any friends who play it anymore. But I had uh, one of my good friends um, pick up PlayStation Plus and Diablo 3 on PS4 this week. And so we jumped back into Diablo 3. We played it for like a couple hours, like Sunday night. And it was just so much fun. We started new characters. They have a new seasonal mode where you get like special loot just for like this season in the next couple months. And uh, man, I forgot how addicting like that game is. Just the... The gameplay loop because you just keep going and it never really ends like <laughs> it's so hard to just set it down and we we played it for for so long and it was just such a fun chill chill game to just kind of play and hang out and um talk and just kill a bunch of monsters together so that was awesome i i'm really hoping diablo 3 comes to switch now because i would become even more addicting because <laughs> you can take <laughs> it anywhere and can't put it down yeah um, for sure it's so. a perfect game to play co-op with someone yeah totally it's it's such an awesome game so uh, definitely, definitely enjoying that. Um, and then I actually picked up Lego Marvel um, Superheroes Two, which uh, you know came out last year. And I, you know, these Lego games they drop in price so fast. So it sounds. Is it I Best Buy is having a big Lego game sale right yeah, now? I Best think they're Buy. all like twenty bucks. Yep. Yeah, they're <laughs> like all Lego like Worlds. twenty bucks. Pretty much all the Lego games have come out in the last two years. Um, I think Amazon also is matching that sale, so you can get them on yeah. Amazon as well. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in any Lego games, uh, definitely now's the time to, uh, to get it because I picked it up. I had a little, uh, rewards card to Best Buy. Got it for like, I think 11 bucks or something. So, um, at that price, I couldn't really say no. They, they do a really cool thing with the story in this game, which I've only played the kind of the first two missions, but, um, it's King the Conqueror who isn't in the MCU yet, but he's pretty much the, one of the biggest kind of Marvel villains really ever amongst everything like one of the biggest most powerful behind kind of thanos and dr doom so it's kind of cool to see him get this mainstream love in the game um and then all these obscure characters are getting love in this game as well like spider-man 2099 one of my favorite comic book characters is on the front cover then you have like spider gwen and you have like thor Rag or like the hulk from the planet hulk or thor ragnarok um, and they just do a really good job just infusing it with that, you know, classic Lego humor and all the characters and stuff are, or all the characters who have appeared in the Marvel cinematic universe movies are like very clearly kind of in, inspired by that. So like their designs are from the new Marvel movies, which is really cool to kind of see that link together, but they're not like restricted of like, they're not making a movie based game, but they kind of pull a lot of influences from the comics and the movies. So it's kind of this cool mashup of everything marvel so if you're a marvel fan at all i definitely recommend picking it up it's um really cool what they kind of and you this game. you got it on switch right i did get it on switch yeah which uh how's it run because i know nintendo consoles yeah, no, that, that lately have yeah yeah for sure um I, I got the lego jurassic world game for the wii u and that game ran so horribly on the wii u like i couldn't i couldn't do it after like a couple hours i just had to kind of set that down and never come back because it was just so awful like the frame rate and the clipping and everything so um so far like i've only put an hour into the game but it's um run totally fine like it's 30 frames per second i don't know if it's faster or better than that on other consoles but 
Um, for some, frame rate's fine. It, I haven't really had any big dips or anything yet. Um, I haven't tried co-op yet, but single player seems to run fine. It looks fine. It looks good on cool. handheld mode. So no issues yet at this point. Uh, I guess checking in next week will be a better cool. one. But there yeah. was a 600 megabyte patch before I played it. So I think they probably patched any issues at this point. Cause well, I know it when it first ago. launched, when it first launched, there was a lot of bugs and issues with the game, not just on switch, but just, um, just pretty much on all versions okay. of the game and stuff like that. Yeah. So I was kind of waiting to check it out or pick it up until they had had yeah. time to kind of pitch. Yeah. Out, so patch there, out all there's a stuff, big patch so. if you bite now, and I haven't had any issues or anything so far. And they even use a lot of like the licensed music. Cause the first level you play is the guardians. So like you play, it plays the two most iconic, songs like classic 70s songs from the guardians movies which is really cool they kind of got the licenses for those and stuff so it just it just is really fun and gameplay wise it's what you'd expect from a lego game like it hasn't changed since you know lego star wars and stuff like that like the original lego star wars game so gameplay is pretty simplistic same same old same old but the story and just kind of the characters and the humor i think is really fun um if you're into marvel or just lego in general so yeah pretty awesome pretty cool i'm excited to jump into more and do some co-op so um yeah what about you nathan what have you been playing uh i've been playing a couple different things uh first up i've been playing mulaka which uh got a review code for playing on ps4 um i'll have more in-depth impressions next week on that but that's actually that game is actually really fun i've gotten a little bit further the tutorial is kind of a bit long and um a little bit slow so i had a little bit of trouble just kind of force myself to get through that part um but now i'm kind of um the game takes you it's not really necessarily open world but it kind of takes you through different open world environments and stuff like that and there's some cool mechanics there's some fun puzzles as well um are they like zelda-esque puzzles or? uh kind of kind of zelda-esque puzzles um there's some uh there's some like uh there's some matching stuff as well so there's a there's a good mix of, but um okay. it's been pretty fun I've, i'm really enjoying it um, so far, Are you so I'm excited. Anything about the culture? Uh, a little bit, yeah. I mean, the cool, the coolest thing so far is I think like basically everything that you come up to, um, like they'll show different um, animals and all this stuff. Uh, animals, um, and some of them are based on like real life animals, and then also uh, there's different rocks and stuff like that that um, are inspired by the real. Uh, the real culture so that there are that's rocks neat that well. are inspired by the culture like uh pff, okay sorry <laughs> uh there's there's like like etchings and drawings and stuff like that like, uh, okay. on the rocks like cave that drawings are... or something like yeah that. cave exactly sorry okay. that was <laughs> that not sense. very uh, so yeah rocks I'm... based on real life rocks from the culture of <laughs> mexico <laughs> oh. that, that's a bullet point uh, on the back of the box right there exactly <laughs> Exactly. Well, cool. No, it's it's good to hear um, hear you still like that. Yeah. And uh, then uh, cool I also I also got uh, the Trail Final Frontier, which is launched on Switch. Surprise! A couple weeks ago, and got a review so code this, for like, that. like Oregon Trail type game. So that's what I was hoping for. Like I love the Oregon Trail, um, and that's kind of what I thought it might be when I looked at it initially. Um, but this is a mobile game. It's kind of a port of a mobile game. Okay. And it's <laughs> the first impressions are not promising. Um, oh. You basically start out, you're on this trail, so you can only go forward, really. You can't, you can kind of move the camera around, but you can't really, like, get off the trail at all. Yeah, so you just go one direction, and then as you're on this trail, there's different things you're trying to do, like, collect resources by, like, pressing buttons on highlighted items, or, like, you can hunt by pressing, like, you press a button, it'll pull up like a very simplistic like slingshot or so chopping like down trees a very simplistic mobile game that they just it's put a on very it's it's a simplistic mobile game so far and there's like a lot of like grinding for resources and upgrading your things and upgrading your character and yeah it's uh it's so far it's not what i was hoping i was hoping for more like an oregon trail experience yeah, 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 um, yeah, totally. with resource pool resource management like, you know something like so. don't starve or something that you know does a simplistic art style but it has some really cool survival mechanics or something but yeah yeah no this is uh seem very deep not so far <laughs> not not favorable so far all right well uh, so and the other game I, I started bloodborne i talked about how i wanted to try that and i yeah. put like two and a half hours into it wow and i don't i'm not really past the opening area like <laughs> well yeah still... I, of course but i i i think i can kind of appreciate why people really like 
that game and kind of like that style of games because as you play, you kind of learn how you should play, how you should approach different um, monsters and groups of, of enemies and stuff like that. And you kind of get in a rhythm of like, like you die and you're like, okay, I go through this section and this is how I attack this enemy. And then I wait and I throw a rock um, to distract uh, this one guy from the group and I kill him and pick him off. Um, and you kind of get in a rhythm. And I got all the way to, I got to the first boss. I was able to beat him. I thought nice. I would get a check to save point after that. And I didn't. So I was kind of frustrated and I went on to the next area and died. So I guess the only hard thing about it is like there you really have to it seems like you what really have to do game well does to it give get you a save checkpoints? point after a boss in yeah. 20, 2018. What is this? Yeah. Yeah. The 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 you really have to grind and do well to be able to get a checkpoint, it seems like. But so that's that's the most frustrating thing is because like I played this for two and a half hours and I feel like I improved and got better, but I didn't actually have any tangible progress forward. I'm still at the same point yeah. I was. Like you didn't so. level up your character or anything like that. Um, I don't know. I haven't really looked at the levels. I might have leveled them up a little bit, but I I haven't moved any further in the world or yeah. story at least. So yeah. that's frustrating. Yeah, I think that, that's how that game but, is. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so yeah. But for people uh, who enjoy it, it's cool. I'll probably, I want to go back to it and try it maybe one more time and yeah. see if I can get it further, but cool. we'll see. Yeah. Um, I I was going to talk a little bit about Assassin's Creed Origins because I did play that a little bit more this week and I actually jumped into the discovery mode. Um, and we can talk more about next week. When oh, I haven't here. played the discovery but, mode. Was it cool? Yeah. I, I just real quickly, I just definitely recommend, definitely check it out. Um, there's over 75 different tours in that game and they do a really, really good job of uh, putting in real factual evidence um and then also some of the facts uh are highlighted blue and they give you more about the game perspective and they'll say like hey you know in the great pyramid of giza right here uh we put a you know capstone up on the top made of obsidian because that's probably what it looked like back then but just so you know like we don't actually have evidence of what that capstone looked like and they kind of give you a lot of behind the scenes look of what they designed in the game and the artistic um decisions that they kind of made in the the liberties that they kind of took as well, but they're very upfront about it too. But they're also preserving and keeping very things very very accurate and real to what it actually is in real life too. So it's really really cool. It just made me very impressed of how uh, amazing and how much work went into that game. So definitely cool. Definitely check it out. That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, so that is our show for you guys this week. Uh, we will leave you guys with the opening theme of Super Smash Bros. Melee so you guys can start getting hyped. <laughs> so have a good week, everyone. We will see you next time. See ya. That's awesome. I'll have to check it out. I haven't played that game in a while, and I kind of have been like, I should, I want to play that game more and get farther because I feel like if I do Discovery Tour, I'll get parts of it spoiled for me, kind of. So, okay. Yeah. Wow.